Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. What does unity mean to a cosmologist who studied the workings of the universe? Listen in today as we explore the promise of world unity through the eyes of a scientist, a mystic, an award-winning author. We're going to explore unity, coherence, the cosmic hologram, and our inherent belonging. Doesn't that sound nice? And of course, so much more. So I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Open your heart and mind and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Dr. Jude Curavan is a cosmologist, planetary healer, futurist, author, and co-founder of The Whole World View. She was previously one of the most senior businesswomen in the UK, has a master's degree in physics from Oxford University, specializing in quantum physics and cosmology, and a PhD in archaeology from the University of Reading, researching ancient cosmologies. And Jude's bio is incredible. I invite you to go to the show page and read more about her. And for now, I just want to welcome you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, Jude, to the show. Welcome back. Julie, it's absolutely wonderful to be with you, as always. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to have you here. And I I like this topic. And I just want to preface this that you and I are going to go deeper into the unified field and the cosmology and and the cosmic hologram on a special program during World Unity Week. So tune in to the newsletter so you can get information how to tune in and, and be with Jude live and maybe ask her your own question. In the meantime here, we're going to do this show and really muse into unity and and especially coherence and what's coming up. But Jude, I just want to ask our traditional first question. You've answered it many times for me. And yet I want to ask it in the context of World Unity Week and creating greater coherence. So what does all things connected mean relating to World Unity Week, world unity, like achieving world unity, whatever that is, to you and and building this greater coherence? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, I always forget it's the first question. So <laughs> I, come, I, I come to it necessarily fresh every time. <laughs> but for me, what unity is, is about is a lived experience of interconnectedness and interdependedness. But it, as a cosmologist, it's an even deeper Aspect We talk about, you know, interconnectedness. I think more and more folks are doing. But what I talk about is literal unity. And literally, we are not separate. We are literally inseparable. And yet unity is not uniformity. Unity is radical diversity. So for me, it's about living that perspective of wholeness in everything we do, in all that we are, 
Um, and World Unity Week is such a wonderful opportunity for people to come together and, and feel deeper into that lived, lived experience of, of unity in joyful diversity. Mm. Thank you. I am just cued into the word inseparable, not separate. And we know that about our universe. We know that now, which is really fun. Um, you know, eight years ago when I would ask that question, it, so often the guests would bring in the science or the ancient wisdom, the ancient spiritual wisdoms to kind of prove that question. And we don't have to anymore. It's just delightful. But Jude, let's begin with your personal story. Yeah, you know, we're talking about unity, prior unity, world unity. You are an accomplished cosmologist, a scientist with so much to teach us. Yet you're also a mystic who's had a deep personal insight and lived experience of this unity that's really shaped your life and your work. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal story of unity? Mm. Well, thank you for asking. And, and just to say, I think it's really important that we do share our stories um, yes. Because when we do share our stories with each other, we're not trying to impose those stories on anyone else. But when we open up our own journey, I, I, my experience is it, 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 it welcomes others into their own adventure and their own remembering and their own, you know, step by step lived experience of, of what unity means for them and what unity is. So I used to I used to teach a workshop called um sage, shaman, and seer. And what I became very aware of is that in ancient traditions, there were three ways of journeying to a perception and experience of unity. There was a way of understanding, which I call the way of the sage. There was the way of um, experiencing, which was the way of the shaman. And there's the way of embodying which is that of the seer. And in ancient traditions tend to em tended to emphasize one of those three. But now my sense is that there is a confluence, a congruence of that understanding and experiencing and embodying. And it almost doesn't matter where, which your own first step is, but it's a wonderful adventure to open yourself up to effectively dancing all three paths. So my journey started as a seer. I started with literal embodiment when I was very young of a deep, not not um, intellectual knowingness, but a Gnostic knowingness that all that we call reality is ultimately unified. And I was helped along the way because I was already starting to have clairvoyant, clairaudient experiences. So I was seeing beyond what some folks call the veil of this world into, into other realms of, of intelligence and, and existence. So my first steps, and for quite some years, were, were very strongly um, that embodiment, that, that way of the, the seer. And then um, I sort of jumped from the way of the shaman to the way of the sage because I wanted to understand how this all came about. So again, when I was very young, um, precociously, embarrassingly so, um, I got really fascinated by um, astronomy, the very big, and quantum physics, the very small. And that eventually led me to do that master's degree in, uh, at Oxford University in physics. 
Um, and it gave me a scientific methodology. It gave me a scientific language, but it was wanting. It, I found that wanting. And for many, many years, the science that we've been taught, uh, which is of a world of separation, which is of a world of, of that is only this realm and solely materialistic, was never the world as I experienced it. But I honoured the scientists and I honoured the, the methods and I honoured the ultimate test of science, which is to go where the evidence leads, wherever it leads, and to follow it. And I still do that, you know, all that I can do in, in that aspect of my work. But the third way took me a long time to get to, because my own sort of personal journey, I lost my dad when I was very young. I sort of cut myself off emotionally for, for many, many years, even though I had a wonderful mom. Um, it took me a long time to be willing to go into that journey of initiation, that deep immersion in experience that is the, the way of the shaman. But now after a very long journey, very scenic route, um, I've, I, I dance, I dance with them all and, and really appreciate and recognize the worth, the value uh, and honor that of, of, of all three ways of, of canoeing and gnoeing and being and, and doing. Mm, thank you for bringing in those three ways and the knowing and gunnowing. You know, I agree with you. It is time for us to share our stories. And we all know how good it feels when when we can share our personal story and someone gets it. Like, oh, you've had these kinds of experiences too, or you've had that. Even hearing the knowing and gunnowing with the you know, some will say that's claircognizance or claircognizance, where you just know and you don't know why you know, but you just know. It's time for us to really bring these gifts into mainstream. Claire, you know, you know, I am too a clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairnostic, and it's this thing that, with our cultural conditioning over here, anyway. I don't know how it is in the UK where you are, but it's something that is really hidden. You hide it. People think you're crazy. People think something's going on. So I, I just really want to thank you for encouraging everyone here to share our stories. I, I believe once we can bring the mystic into mainstream or main street, we can literally expand the cultural um, shared what do I want to say? The shared experience. Well, even all of your things, the shared understanding, the shared embodiment. It's like we could share those three ways mm -hmm. and really propel our culture forward. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you're saying is right. I'm sure you've had the same experience of, of so people sort of knowing what you, you're about and what you do and that you're willing to share it and finding you at the corner of the room in a party or <laughs> wherever it yeah. may be, and then sharing their story um and saying I've never told this to anyone else but and it my experience is so many a huge majority I suspect of folks who have had some experience perhaps that they've been a little fearful of or or, or because they're they're scared to share in case they are um, made to feel that it's it's crazy um, and the reason that I went so far on my path before I did share was not because I was afraid of being thought crazy. It was I was, <laughs> I was having too much fun. And it didn't actually occur to me 
I, you know, I was having all these communications with so many beings uh, of multidimensional intelligences um, that I never really felt the need to share. And it was only when I did appreciate how other people were also having these experiences but weren't feeling able to share them that I effectively did so. Um, to help others, because it was not something that I needed to do for me, but it was something that I saw was a growing need and and, and relief and joy um, for many, many others when they could feel safe and, and able to do that. And and I think this time has come. I think it's really vital. It's part of our healing, It's and it's a vital aspect of who we really are that we're able to appreciate that we do have, you know, what Dean Radin calls supernormal uh, attributes. They're, they're literally our superpowers and we all have access to them. Yeah. The super normal attributes and super normal experiences. I think it's really important. I, th- this will be really helpful because there are those who perhaps have an out-of-body experience or like you say, all of a sudden they're in communication with some other other realm, some other entity, and they can't explain it. And you now, because you've explored all three of those, you have the understanding and the experience with the embodiment. I'm going to shift this um, as a foundation for this first half. I love where this conversation is going. We're all expressions of this already existing unity, our wholeness, this inherent unity with all life. Uh, We are an undivided whole living system, one planetary superorganism coming together to really experience ourselves as whole here. So the world was built around an illusion of separation, like you were talking about the inseparable, not separate. We really built a world around that stage in our development as a species. So can you address first this illusion of separation and then what can you teach us about the cosmic hologram, this unified field, and how we literally can assist others to experience or embody that unity like you're talking about. So, I know that's a long question, Jude, but literally, (laughs) I think building on this, it would be really good to drop it into the science now. I'll be delighted to. I think just to take a step back, though, I think it's really important that we don't play the blame game on this, because I I love what you just said now. It it was part of our journey to this point. And okay, maybe we've stretched the the elastic a lot further than than is helpful. But it is it has been part of our journey. You know, when we go back and and first of all, I, I would say, the evidence is showing that it's not just our planetary system, our solar system, that is a, a, an innately um, a unified, if you like, matrix of consciousness. Our entire universe exists and evolves as a unified entity. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute because I think that that is not only crucial from its unification and the evidence for that, as you said earlier. We now, it's not that it's a hope or a faith or, or that's lovely, but we now have the evidence evidence at all scales of existence and across many, many different fields of research and more coming all the time that indeed our universe does exist and evolve as a unified entity, whereby 
Um, it is also therefore what's called non-locally connected. In other words, that that's the framework wherein these supernormal attributes as us being able to access awareness and information beyond the apparent limitations of space and time. And and that is a natural and 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 unifying and, and real attribute of our entire universe. Um, so within that, separation is indeed illusory, but differentiation is very real because unity, as I mentioned earlier, is not uniformity. Our universe, if it loves anything, it loves to evolve and it loves to evolve from simplicity to complexity. And that's its loving gift to all of its uh, children. And, and, and we are indeed microcosmic co-creators of the reality of, of our universe. So I'll, I'll come back to that. But il separation, whilst illusory, appears appears real. Um, and that's the, I think that's the intention of the cosmic intelligence that co-creates a universe, because it's set up in such an amazing way, whilst exquisitely um, interrelated and ultimately unified, it appears separate. And I, it's, its path from simplicity to complexity has meant that as it's done that, as it's diversified, as it's differentiated, it's embodied individuation. It's embodied sort of microcosmic individuality and progressively self-awareness. So here we are, 13.8 billion years after the beginning of our universe, which, as I like to say, didn't begin in a big bang, which wasn't big and it wasn't the, the sort of the notion of a, a sort of explosion, but the first moment of an exquisitely ordered and fine-tuned and intentional and meaningful big breath that continues to this day and beyond. Um, and that's the basis of the cosmic hologram. So I think the, the, the illusion of separation, it's important if you realise that it's the appearance of separation is significant and meaningful. But to actually buy into it as forming the true nature of reality, that's where the danger is. And we've bought into that illusion and acted accordingly. So instead of coming from a perspective of unity and diversity, we've come from a perspective through mainstream science so far and all our, all our societal organisations, we bought into this illusory perspective and we've acted accordingly, we've behaved accordingly. You know, the, the natural outcome of a separated worldview is suffering and mm. conflict. And the natural outcome of a unified worldview is peace and love. And that's not fluffy stuff. That is the, that is the deep physics. That is the science of unity. That is the science of love. That is the science. Ooh, I love that. Thank you. You know, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I, I think, um, yeah, thank you for presencing that not to blame. We did separation really really good like we grew okay. through that stage of our species and we we really mastered did it well maybe stretched things a little too far like you said but this idea of differentiation and unity and diversity is an important thing so I just want to pause here and expand a bit because often when people 
here world unity or oneness or other terms that are really in the mainstream on social media right now there's a lot of talk about unity and oneness but that important and critical element is that the diversity is intentional and beautiful and purposeful and i've been i've been working with with people now talking about how we used to talk about our soul's purpose you know that we're unique individuals we come here with a soul's purpose and how now on our planet the soul's purpose is meeting our evolutionary purpose. And when we come into that, like the soul is a unique, you have unique gifts. You have a unique perspective. You have talents. You have interests. You have, you are on purpose and, and needed as part of the whole. And then when you bring that in with our evolutionary purpose, it's almost this catalytic thing where bringing it into the evolutionary purpose is 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 almost like what you were saying that understanding experiencing embodying that we get our unity and our wholeness and so we bring our soul's purpose into unity and wholeness and it catalyzes the most amazing pathway for us so i wonder if you could just speak a little bit more about that differentiation and that unity and diversity because it's a really important piece for us to honor and embrace and and really hold that as we're moving forward and not leaving it behind I'd love to. And if we have a little bit of time, and I'm conscious that it might sort of be better after our break uh, to say a little bit more about the cosmic hologram, but certainly to actually address, to actually respond to your question, I think it's it's helpful to have a very brief uh, story <laughs> of, of our universe, because when our universe began, it began literally as simple as it possibly could, but no simpler. So within the first few moments, from the first moment of the big breath, 13.8 billion years ago, um, it, it started to, to cool enough to, to form the basis of, of matter. So we were talking about quarks. Together they form protons and neutrons and electrons and a little wee uh, particle called neutrinos that happened to be very, very important. But every, every electron is like every other electron. Every proton is like every other proton. Every neutron is like every other neutron. Yeah. So what the universe needed to do in its long, long journey from simplicity to complexity, it took several hundred million years before it was able to evolve to a point that matter was sort of ushered and, and gravitationally attracted into the first stars. And in those first stars, miracles of alchemy happened because that hydrogen and a tad of helium were transmuted into ever heavier um, uh, elements. So the oxygen, the carbon, nitrogen, all the way up to, to uranium and, and indeed plutonium were, were created in stars. But they were still the same as each other. There was no separation, oh, no separation. There's no differentiation between an, an atom of, of atoms of, of uranium or anything else. It was only even billions of years beyond that that we started to get planetary systems. And that began the story of individuation on a physical plane because every planet is different. 
And that then went on until now, so that over the last four and a half billion years, our family home, our planetary home, Gaia, has been the home of further evolution, again, of even greater complexity and even greater diversification and individuation until now. Mm. That is an incredible story to help us look at this process. It's so beautiful. And I'm just like in awe thinking about how evolution, we're expanding in complexity and moving from simplicity to complexity. Oftentimes, we just have a few minutes before break, but I'm wondering if you could give our listeners a little pep talk here on that complexity, because right now, the world feels like it's on fire. There's so much going on. There's, and it, you know, there's just, there's just so much coming at us and we're seeing the complexity and information and media and systems and structures breaking down and greater complexity emerging really to bring us into wholeness into this lived awareness again but give them a little give us all a little pep talk about this process (laughs) simplicity to complexity because it is a good thing how how can we look at that Okay. Well, first of all, Gaia throughout her whole story of four and a half billion years has evolved through crisis. She has never, ever once evolved through, oh, let's have an easy day here. Okay. Yeah. And my sense is she, as a wonderful mother that she is, is helping us to get through this sort of birthing canal process of our own evolution conscious evolution as opposed to perhaps biological evolution through a realization that we can't go on as we've been going on and it would have been lovely possibly to continue except we were exploiting her we were um, fighting each other we were unfairly treating each other you know we weren't we weren't evolutionary beings we were essentially a caterpillar species we were yeah. eating everything in sight and my sense is that what she is offering us is the opportunity to metamorphosize into a pollinator species a butterfly species a species that is both beautiful in itself and beautiful in the way that it treads lightly and positively and beneficially within her overall, what I call the Gaia sphere more than the biosphere, because, you know, I, I extend the, the, the notion of living way beyond biological beings to literally everything in existence. To me, our planet is, is a living planet, a living and evolving planet in a living and evolving universe. And we are literally, it's cosmic, co-creative, evolutionary partners. That's our importance. But we can only step up to that role and align ourselves with Gaia's own evolutionary impulse if we wake up from this nightmare of perceived separation. Is that enough of a pep talk? Oh, that's beautiful. And it's perfect. (laughs) And if you're listening, you're listening to the brilliance of Jude Curvan. And I'm Dr. Julie Kroll. You're listening to The Dr. Julie Show. We're going to take a quick break. 
And when we come back, we'll explore more with, remember what you were going to say about the Cosmic Hologram, Jude? Mm -hmm. We'll start there. And then we're going to move into World Unity Week and and some really beautiful, uh, really some beautiful more pep talk to come on eight days, eight themes. We're going we're gonna to muse into that. So we'll return right after this. Green, green, green. It's our home. It's our dream. For life that's healthy and clean. Make it green, green, green. My mom said making it green is making sure the air in your home is healthy for your family to breathe. Make sure you test your home for radon. It's easy. Just call 866-730-GREEN. Make it green, green, green. A message from the US EPA. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. So, I'm a dog, and I just got adapted by this new human guy, and I'm starting to wonder how he got along without me. I mean, okay, something as simple as walking around the block. He's got this leash thing, and he puts me on one end and him on the other, and I'm just taking him around. I I think he's afraid of getting lost. Without that leash and me guiding him along, I don't think he'd find his way back home. But it's kind of cute. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. This is a guided meditation on parenting. Take a deep breath in and let go of the time you and your son played basketball and you attempted to slam dunk. Or when you hit that pinata into your neighbor's yard. Let it go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Josh Groban. My favorite thing about music is its ability to inspire and nourish the soul. That's why I'm proud to work with Feeding America, an organization that inspires hope for families in need and helps nourish the 16 million kids in this country struggling with hunger. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and helps get it to kids in need, but they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. Yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. Or maybe he's teething. Maybe it's just a phase. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. And now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today... I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. And on the leading edge of personal, social, and global transformation, the topic of this show today, I invite you to be a more conscious way shower, a change agent, and make connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening 
and planetary healing. Stay connected every week with my newsletter where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities, and inspiration, and sign up and you'll learn more about World Unity Week and some of the topics we're talking about right here. We're going to dig in deeper during that that week with Jude Curavan, our guest today. You're going to love it. So sign up for that email at juliecrawlemail.com. Again, that's juliecrawlemail.com. You can find more about Jude at wholeworld-view.org. Again, that's wholeworld-view.org. And you can go to worldunityweek.org. Both Jude and I are working um, with the team, with so many other organizations and people around the world to bring incredible opportunities for worldunityweek.org. Go there, sign up, register, and you'll get more information about that as well. So Jude, welcome back to second show. I love where we were going. I love where we've been. And um, yeah, I always delight in these conversations with you. It's so important. And you have a way of bringing clarity and that simplicity back into the complexity. So thank you for that gift. It is really a gift to all humanity on the planet right now. And I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about the cosmic hologram. Something um, incited a, a, a thought there for you right before break. And I want to give you an opportunity to go back to that place and then we'll move forward again. Great. Thank you, Julie. Well, um, the cosmic hologram, what does it mean? And I guess I'll, I'll share a little bit about what it means and, and the sort of the really basic science of it, but then why I think it matters. Because when I wrote the book, I thought I was writing a book, but it turns out I was co-founding a movement. Because <laughs> as you do, as you do, I, I think you did something very similar, actually. Um, <laughs> but essentially, it, it, it really does offer us the evidence Um for a, a literal whole world view within which um, separation is indeed an illusion, and we can show that, in which supernormal phenomena and attributes are natural, and we can show that. And it actually is is also the, the sort of, it's, it's science of unity, it's science of love, is also showing how fundamental resonance and harmonics are, you know, number, geometry, music, you know, um, the ancients said that all is number and that number in space is geometry, number in time is music, and they created a cosmology based on the music of the spheres. Now, a cosmology, really, you can look at that on any level, you know, if it's if it's the physical world, which almost all other cosmologists talk about, that's lovely. But when I describe myself as a cosmologist, I'm describing someone who is deeply curious about the nature of reality in all its magnificent, multidimensional, you know, uh, expressions. So, and the, the, the whole world view that comes out of this cosmic hologram framework is a multidimensionality of unity. So it's actually playing out on many, many different levels of awareness and individuation and, and expression. But let's just home into the, the physical realm within that wider context. And the reason why the you know the cosmic hologram, which came out in 2017, 
Um, I laid out the evidence available then, but since then, even more evidence is coming forward and this understanding is beginning to really go into the mainstream. And what it's based on is a perspective that the energy and matter and space and time of the appearance of our universe and that, of course, of the, of the descriptions of quantum physics with energy, matter and relativity theory of space, time, they are not fundamental. They literally are the appearance of a universe that arises from deeper levels of intelligent causation. And we can see that the mathematical underpinnings, the patterning underpinning, the geometric underpinning of, of all that we refer to as, as physical reality. And most recently, we've discovered that in the so-called cosmic microwave background, or CMB, that is a relic radiation from about 400,000 years after the beginning of our universe, and, and it fills all of space. And in 2017, a consortium of universities analyzed the patterning, the temperature differences within the cosmic microwave background, and they were exactly the patterns you'd expect of a, a, holograph, a hologram, essentially. There were fractal patterns that we also see at scales from the clustering of electrons in atoms through to um, weather patterns, through to ecosystems through the way that humans collectively behave. We see them on the scales of our solar system. We see them on the scales of, of vast galactic clusters, all these same patterns. And we also now see them as literally filling the whole of space. So that is a big guidance that, that there's something underpinning the appearance of reality. And what we're also finding is that it is in formation. And I always hyphenize that, my book does, mm -hmm. because I'm not talking about meaningless data. I'm not talking about random data. I'm talking about meaningful in formation that literally informs all that we call reality. And and the 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 if you like the alphabet that makes up that is the basis of the words and the songs and the patterns and, and the planets and the plants and the people of this informed universe, that has a universal alphabet of just two letters. You know, our English alphabet has 26 letters. Each of themselves has no meaning, A, B, C, D, etc. But when we bring them together, we form Julie, we form Oak Tree, we form Gaia, we form, you know, all that we, we describe meaningfully of our universe our universe does it with just two letters because we're reasonably smart, but our universe is a whole lot smarter. <laughs> and so from those two letters, and they literally are the digitized ones and zeros that we use in our communications technologies. So in a way, our technologies have brought us to the threshold of actually predisposing us to this emerging deeper understanding of the nature of reality itself because our digitized Technologies use ones and zeros, and they combine them meaningfully to create all that we use in the internet, in our computers, in our cell phones, whatever. Our universe does that too. But, but what our universe does 
is it actually what we call space, the three-dimensional appearance of space, we're also finding cosmologically is just its appearance. And it's and it's illusory in that sense, because instead, all that we call reality is a projection a t- from a two-dimensional boundary of space. Now, if anybody is listening who, like me, is a, is a techie geek, they will probably recognize that's how a hologram works. Because a hologram, a man-made, a human-made hologram, happens because we... we put a beam of light on a th- apparently 3D object, uh, bounce it off that 3D object. As it bounces off, it collects a lot of information about that object. It then recombines with its original beam to create a two-dimensional pattern of all of that information of that 3D object. And when another beam of light is shone through that pattern, a hologram is projected that is the 3D appearance of that original object. Well, our universe goes one step further because it creates all that we call reality as a projection, as a literally a cosmic consciousness projection um, of into space and time and as energy and matter. So from the very beginning of our universe, which began incredibly small, incredibly ordered and fine-tuned, the first moment of a big breath, a space has expanded and time has flowed forward one direction, every single moment our universe is embodying more and more and more and more information. So to actually evolve, space has to expand and time has to flow, which it does, so that, you know, yesterday our universe embodied less information, information than it does today. Today it embeds less information than it will tomorrow and so on throughout its entire cosmic cycle. So our universe and universes are not great things. They're literally great thoughts in the mind of, of cosmic mind, in the mind of God, the mind of great spirit. And mind and consciousness aren't something we have, literally. And I know you've heard me say this before. But <laughs> literally, favorite. you can say it along with me. They're what we and the whole world are. And that's what the cosmic hologram is telling us. And that's what, crucially, that's what the evidence is telling us. Mm. So we matter. We matter. We have meaning. And everything in existence has meaning and purpose. I'm so glad you had that um, insight and wanted to bring that back in. It it really is helpful. Like I mentioned, you have a way of bringing that simplicity in. And I could literally, as I was listening to you, I was focusing on an object and imagining the 3D to the 2D to the 3D. You know, and I was like, <laughs> I was having fun with it when you were talking. But you also mentioned some words that I think a lot of people are hearing now, resonance and harmonics. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about coherence as well. So, you know, greater coherence is is really important for us, I think, in this, the three-way path now. of Once we understand it in our experience and our embodying, it is important for us to create greater coherence now. Can you speak about coherence, why it's important, and then we'll talk a little bit about bringing coherence into World Unity Week. 
Uh, I'll be delighted to. And, and I love how you speak of it because we, we spell it coherence, but you talk about cohering. And it is about listening, it seems to me. If we're not able to listen, to hear and listen to others and the wider world, it's it, it's very, very challenging to come into some form of coherence and also being present, you know, really in that hearing and listening, being present and standing upright to do so. And you talk about cohering, being here and now. Mm-hmm. Those are so important in, in moving to a state of, co- of coherence. And what coherence is about, it's not, again, it's not about similarity as such. It's not about uniformity as such. But it is about sort of um, going back to that sense of harmonizing. You know, when, when, when musicians harmonize, they're not singing the same note. Um, they're actually singing notes that actually just come together in a really beautiful synergy where somehow the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I think that's what coherent states do. They bring together and they they link up and lift up together and level up and light up together mm-hmm. to, to come together to co-create something whatever it may be, that is greater than the sum of its parts. And so for me, um, a lot of the work I do is with transformational leadership as well, which I know you also do. And there's some wonderful work being done on, on you know, transformational leadership. And there's a commonality within organizations that are really embodying um, such pioneering ways of, of being and doing in the world. And, and they're very much about coherence. But the two out of the three attributes that really um, nurtures the, the coherence is having the same worldview and the same purpose. Mm. And in World Unity Week, we have the same worldview. We may express it differently. Uh, and that's wonderful. Um, But, you know, there's a perspective that instead of coming from separation and trying somehow to knock our heads together (laughs) to get some sort of cooperation, that we're actually coming from a whole world framework, a whole world view of of unity. So the same worldview, and to be honest, you can get coherence in other circumstances. You know, there isn't, you know, it it could be that, you know, it's the... um, there was an old joke about, you know, some people believe that our universe was made by this incredible, incredible sort of pasta, spaghetti-like being, and they're called pastafarians. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but, you know, you could be a pastafarian, and that would be wonderful, and what a way to be, um, and that would be the same worldview, but that would offer coherence to then what you going beyond that. So having the same worldview in World Unity Week, it is about this this emergent, evidence-based, interfaith-based, indigenous-based, ancient wisdom-based perspective of of oneness and wholeness and unity. I love that. That is one aspect of coherence. The other is having the same purpose. And our purpose in World Unity Week this year is with eight themes that are all about embodying unity in diversity in the being and the doing of those 
in action. And then once you've got those two aspects of coherence, you can have the third attribute of transformational leadership, which is about distributed intelligence. You can go and be all the diversity, all the differentiation, but you're doing it within that coherent framework of worldview and purpose. I love that because that's what evolution biology talks about when they start describing the superorganism too, is we have that, you know? So I love that worldview, purpose, and distributed intelligence. So let's talk about these pulses. You've created eight daily pulses that we're going to weave through this week. They're important touchstones as we navigate all these offerings. And and like you said, it, it brings us into this um, coherence during the time. So can you speak about those eight pulses? Be delighted to. And I'm just very grateful that, you know, I was, <laughs> I was woken at four o'clock one morning with these eight in the order that they came through. And, and, you know, I literally scrambled to write them down so I didn't forget them. Um, but they form essentially a, a, harm, a harmony of pulses that are touchstones for us through each of those days. And each of them is is it, it builds on the, the one before. So they're literally building eight notes of a harmony as we go through World Unity Week. Um, and they're all in doing, so they're all in action. So the first is unity. What does unity in action mean for each of us, for all of us? The second is peace in action. Because, you know, when we're in pieces, which we have been in terms of our fragmented perspectives, you know, conflict is the natural outcome of a world of separation, as indeed is all suffering. Whereas peace, as I mentioned earlier, I think the natural outcome of, of unity awareness. So the second is peace in action. The third is love. And it's not fluffy bunny love. It's just that, it's just that feeling of, of, of oneness. You know, whether it's when we look at a, a beautiful sunrise or a gorgeous being with a, in nature or seeing the smile. I know you've got a little one who's recently come into the family. I mean, seeing that little one smile, you know, must be the most beautiful experience of oneness that, that's in your life at the moment, I guess. Um, joy in action, gratitude because for me, gratitude sort of completes the, the circuit of, 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 of all that the, the, the there is. Compassion. And, and compassion is quite a big word. And, and I see kindness as, if I say, what is compassion in action? I'd say kindness. Mm. So as we light up our hearts in kindness, we are literally embodying compassion. There's then hope. And the eighth is belonging. And I was very clearly given this word rather than diversity because, and I really was feeling into why this, this word belonging feels so more profound in a way. And what came to me was that, you know, when we talk about diversity, which is wonderful, um, as people, we talk a lot about diversity. And often it's almost like we, we're, we're, we're being invited into uh, a, a sort of a gathering of diversity and it's beautiful and wonderful but there's almost a sense of being invited into that space and for me and belonging is that we don't need an invitation 
<laughs> because mm-hmm. we belong here. <laughs> this is where we belong. Yes. And so there's no need to be invited, although that's lovely and it's very polite. You know, I'm, Brit, I'm a Brit. I do a lot of inviting. But, you know, it's about we all belong here. We are all children of God. We're all Gaians. Beyond being humans, we're all Gaians. We belong here. And and so for me, that, that eighth word really both brings it all together, but it also takes us forward because World Unity Week of itself is an ongoing, you know, an on, a step in an ongoing journey, an ongoing homecoming to remembering who we really are. So these are eight daily pulses just to help us dance a little further along that journey. Mm, I love the word homecoming too. Thank you. As Gaians, imagine the shift in us, uh, like experiencing that love, like you were talking about, is that, like, imagine the shift of going, oh, yeah, I belong because I belong. Like, there's this, it, it's it's so therapeutic and, and healing for us to go, ah, oh, the homecoming, back to Gaia, back to wholeness, back to this um, beautiful, strange mystery that we talk about and, and now are, are looking at through the cosmic hologram is so beautiful. Thanks, Jude. Jude, you're, you're so involved globally. You're doing amazing things. You have another book coming out later this year, I believe, or early next year. I don't know when mm. it's coming out for sure. But early next. Early, early next. next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I encourage our, our readers, our listeners to follow you and to check out the website. What is your personal hope for the outcome of World Unity Week? Why did you say yes, play a big part, and what is your personal hope? Because up till about two years ago, before the, the, before the pandemic, really with all its incredible challenges, also with its, for me, profound message, of interdependence and interconnectedness. It's showing us that we're more interconnected and interdependent than I think we'd ever seen before. So what I was really seeing, um, even before that, was I was seeing folks who in the past had been doing their own thing, um, organizations doing their own thing, people doing their own thing, were starting to feel an impulse to start to come together And as a member of something called the Evolutionary Leaders Circle, it was always my aspiration and many of us within that, that, you know, all of us sort of have done our own thing in the world, but how could we come together and synergize? And that was its initial impulse. And synergy is where we come together and form something that's greater than the sum of our parts. And about two years ago, I was really starting to feel this happening, not just within the evolutionary leader circle, but in my in my in my work around the world. And I was really encouraging it. <laughs> Believe you me, <laughs> really encouraging it, as I know you do. Um, and I saw I've seen that accelerate. I've seen that become bigger and bigger. And last year was the first, the inaugural World Unity Week, and I said an immediate yes for its opportunity to take this linking up and lifting up to a next level. At the same time, um, Ubiquity University and Jim Garrison and their team were beginning something called Humanity Rising. 
on a daily basis to really bring people together in, across many, many, many different, you know, ranges of themes and topics and 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 and, and sort of transformation in action. Um, we have, you know, a Global Oneness Summit. We have so many now initiatives that are really coming together. And what's lovely is they truly are not just saying, oh, it's my thing and I'm going to host it and you can join. No, people, for me, linking and lifting is a mutuality. And I say yes, because I see that and I feel that that is the way in which we can remember, we can, you know, reach this, this homecoming. And that homecoming is just the beginning I don't see it as a destination. Yeah. I just see it as the beginning of what it truly means to be Gaians and to be Gaians within a, a living universe and at the bow wave of its evolutionary impulse and as co-evolutionary partners with it and with Gaia and with all Gaia's children. I love this. And I'm just, I'm musing in the idea of, the beginning of this homecoming with Gaian, like to be a Gaian, and I, you know, evolutionary biologist Jude, um, you know, Elizabeth Satoris, who who mm. says this next this next evolutionary leap is creating cooperative communities that care yes. for all life. That's a Gaian, you know, it's like caring for all life, and yes. wow, when we master that. Um, what a, what a beautiful world we will live in on a beautiful planet here. I'm I'm really looking forward to, what hopefully in my lifetime watching that emerge as as we continue this coherence and we continue with this homecoming. Oof oof. I'm I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So and you know what else you said, which was interesting that I want to follow up on another conversation, is that the conscious evolution. We're, we're in a conscious evolution, which might be different than a biological. And so many people have this, and perhaps we don't know the answer to this question, but it would be fun to explore with you, Jude, is this idea of the caterpillar and the butterfly waiting for a huge biological evolution, which perhaps it's all of the above. We'll find out, won't we? But I would love to explore that with you. So, Jude, in a minute or less... Is there any last thing that you want to say that you didn't have an opportunity to say? I would love to, to add that going back to what I was saying at the beginning, Gaia evolves through crisis. She, you know, crises have been evolutionary drivers throughout her whole story. And ever, every one of those, the emergence after the crisis has not just been an emergence of new biology, but also higher levels of complexity and consciousness. Mm, and there's so the consciousness. This, this is consciousness. So this time, my sense is, we're we're not needing to go through the biology, but the biggest evolutionary driver we are undergoing is that evolutionary driver of of increasing our level of awareness and and consciousness. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you, Jude. It's always a pleasure to have you here. And I want to leave you, listeners, with the words of Jude, who who co-created, co-authored with Irvin Laszlo, these words. We are beginning to see the entire universe as a holographically interlinked network of energy and information, organically whole and self-referential at all scales of its existence. 
we and all things in the universe are non-locally connected with each other and with all other things in ways that are unfettered by the hitherto known limitations of space and time. You've been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.